Hello there. Welcome to the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce, your host. If you're like me, you love the great classic comedy shows from the golden age of radio. And you've come to the right place. Twice a week, I bring you the best old radio comedy shows from radio history, with a little background information on each one. And I welcome listeners' suggestions for future podcasts. Just go to anchor.fm slash old radio comedy podcast and leave me a message with a show or episode you'd like to hear. I welcome all comments and suggestions. Flattering praise is, of course, especially welcome. Now, today we're going to bring you not one, but two classic episodes from the adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. Ozzie Nelson first began his radio career with his orchestra in the early 30s. Then later he and Harriet Hilliard, who sang for his orchestra, appeared on The Baker's Broadcast from 1933 to 1938, and they were married in the middle of the show's run in 1935. In 1941, the couple joined the Red Skelton Show, providing most of the music, and in 1944, after Skelton had been drafted, they started up their own radio show, which launched on October 8, 1944, on CBS. It switched broadcasters and sponsors through its run and spawned its own TV show, and both the radio and TV versions featured Ozzie and Harriet's real-life sons, David and Ricky Nelson, joining the radio show in its fifth year. Prior to that, professional actors had played their parts, as they were too young. Although the radio show produced 402 episodes, and the TV show ran for 14 seasons, and as of today, it remains the record holder for the longest-running live-action American television sitcom. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, tied for number of seasons in 2017, but Ozzie and Harriet remains the leader in total episodes. And now, sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh. We'll feature the first of our two shows from the adventures of Ozzie and Harriet right after this word from our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, the episode Election Day, originally broadcast on December 1st, 1944. The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, presenting America's favorite young couple, Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. And now let's see what's going on in the Nelson family. What are you writing, dear? Uh, uh, just a letter. Is it a secret? No, no, it's... It's no secret. It's just a letter. Oh, that's different. <laughs> Anyone I know? Uh, uh, no, dear. Would you mind not speaking to me for just a couple of minutes? I'm trying to concentrate. Here. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you looking for something, dear? Uh, yes. Have you seen the dictionary? What word do you want to know how to spell? Well, I know how to spell it. I just want to make sure I'm right. <laughs> Where is that dictionary? Well, what's the word? I don't know whether you've even heard of it. It's demagogue. Oh, demagogue? Yes. D-E-M-A-G-O-G-U-E. Harriet, let's not guess, shall we? <laughs> oh, good. Let's see. A, B, C, D. Oh, yeah. Del, the magnetized. A demagogue. D-E-M-A-G-O-G-U-E. 
What'd I tell you? Harriet, please. I knew how to spell the word. <laughs> Had it written down, as a matter of fact. Just wanted to double check. What are you looking for now? Have you seen my eraser? <laughs> That's what happened two nights ago. And that brings us right up to date. Now, let's see. Where were we? Oh, yes. They're at breakfast, and Harriet says... Ozzie, I wish you'd put down that paper and drink your coffee. Just a minute, dear. I just wanted... Oh, oh. Uh, Say, Harriet. Yes, dear? Listen to this. (laughs) I just happened to stumble across it here in letters to the editor. Uh, Would you care to hear it? Your coffee's getting cold. Dear sir... Recent surveys show that an alarming number of voters are shirking their duties by failing to register for the coming election. This is indeed... Good morning, Mother. Good morning, dear. Good morning, Ricky. Uh, Sit down, will you, Ricky? There's something here I want to read to your mother. Dear sirs, recent surveys... Ricky, do you have to crunch on that toast this very minute? (laughs) Trying to read something to your mother. Dear sirs, Recent surveys show that an alarming number of voters are shirking their duties by failing to register for the... Good morning, dear. David, I beat you down to breakfast this morning. No wonder you didn't call me here. Good morning, David. Sit down, would you please? Where was that? Oh, oh, yes. This is a tragic commentary on the... David, please! (laughs) Your mother is very anxious to hear a certain article I'm trying to read to her. This is a tragic commentary on the decline of civic responsibility. David didn't wash his face. These citizens who fail to register are guilty of negligence and indifference to public duty. You know, boys, and I think we could get along better if there wasn't quite so much tapping on Harriet, do you or do you not want to hear this? Well, of course I do, dear. Go ahead. I'm listening. It's impossible for you to talk to the boys and hear what I'm reading at the same time. Those citizens who fail to register are guilty of moral negligence and indifference to public duty. Our most precious right must be exercised. We must protect our traditional principles. The principal at my school is Miss Colbert. That's fine, Ricky. <laughs> She's very nice, too. I'll be through in just a moment. Otherwise, we abandon true democracy for the rule of selfish demagogues. Demagogues? Uh, yes, demagogues. Responsible citizens register and vote in the coming election. What do you think of it? Well, I think it's positively brilliant. Guess who wrote it? Let's see. George Bernard Shaw? No. Secretary State Burns? No. Ozzie Nelson? Absolutely correct. <laughs> there it is. See? Ozzie Nelson. See, there it is, boys. Your father's name? Taylor? Can we eat our toast now? <laughs> is that all the impression it makes when I get my name in the paper? Is that good? You know that Cocker Spaniel and Will Thornberry? He had his picture in the paper last night. Yes, but did he write that? I can get we're very proud of you. It's an excellent letter. Well, thank you, dear. You know something, Harriet? Writing to your newspaper can be a valuable public service, especially when a man has the ability to express himself with clarity and force. That's true, dear. Some more toast? Oh, yes, thank you. Goodness knows there are plenty of issues that are confusing the public right now. I think I'll get some scissors and cut that article out before I forget. Oh, what for, Harriet? Well, I want to save it to show to people. Harriet, it's not worth talking about even. What is it? I just happened to write an ordinary letter reminding the people to get out and register and vote. That's all. What was that? 
Did you hear something hit against the front door there? Oh, yes, I, I think it was just the morning paper. But we already got our paper. Oh, I kind of figured that my letter might be in the paper today, so I asked the boy to ride back and get a few extra for it. But I only heard one hit against it. Oh. I, I thought you might want to send a copy to your mother and my mother and... Maybe I better get the papers. I'm answering it now, dear. Oh, good morning. Good morning indeed, sir. Have I the privilege of addressing Mr. Rosie Nelson? That's right. It is a privilege to meet you, sir. My name is Pennyfeather. Penny more, Pennyfeather. Here's my card. Well, thank you. Oh, I see you're chairman of the Citizens Political Pressure Committee. I have that privilege, Mr. Nelson. <laughs> I have the privilege of reading your letter in this morning's paper. And I want to tell you, sir... I consider it a privilege to meet you in person. Oh, thank you. May I have the privilege of coming in? It's a privilege. Uh, please do. Yes. <laughs> First of all, Mr. Nelson, a word about our organization. We are just average citizens. The man in the street, the woman in the house, the group in the Gallup poll, Mark, doesn't know. Oh. <laughs> For a long time, we've been called the vote that's gotten out. And frankly, Mr. Nelson, we are just fed up with being wielded. Yes, but uh, politically speaking, what's your direction? In these times, who knows? <laughs> we just put pressure on everybody. <laughs> but first of all, sir, allow me to congratulate you on the letter you sent to the paper. Oh, it was nothing. Your inspiration. I have a seat. Clear, concise thinking. Magnificently presented. Take the one with the cushion. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> Very comfortable indeed, sir. Mr. Nelson, I might as well get right down to business. At our committee meeting this afternoon, your letter to the editor was read, and it was suggested that I pay you a visit and get to know you a little better. Well, I, I don't quite understand. Clumsy, Alfie. Of course, you're wondering. <laughs> Mr. Nelson, the Citizens Committee is most particular about the character of any candidate whom it sponsors. Candidate? Your letter to the newspaper indicated that you are a man with a deep sense of civic responsibility. You, Mr. Nelson, are the kind of man the committee likes to present to the taxpayer. But, Mr. Pennyway... Pennyfeather. Uh, uh, I mean, Mr. Pennyfeather... Do you mean what I think you do? We are considering you, sir, for the Office of Public Protective Executive Custodian under our banner. Public Executive Protective Custodian? Public Protective Executive Custodian. Uh, uh, well, this is a great honor. I, I don't know what to say. Your name was only suggested, you understand. Yes. I was appointed to see you and uh, decide if you were, well, sort of look you over, if you don't mind. Oh, not at all. Thank you. Hmm. <laughs> I I didn't have time to shave this morning, but That's I usually... That's all right. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Mr. Nelson. Yes? I know, of course, that from your letter, you are aware of the tremendous responsibilities that any man in public office has. Of course. Therefore, you will not mind if I ask you a few questions. Not at all, sir. Do you hold public office now? No. No. Have you ever been convicted of a felony? No. You seem to be just the type we're looking for. <laughs> but I... Uh... Golly, I, I don't know. Do you mind if I call my wife? Not at all. I'd like to meet her. Hey, Harriet! Harriet! People are always curious about the relationship between a candidate and his wife. Hey, uh, uh, Harriet, dear. <laughs> Harriet, this is Mr. Featherweight. It's Penny Feather. Uh, Penny, uh, Feather. How do you do? How do you do? Mrs. Nelson, we have asked your husband to be a candidate for public office. Really? Yes, for public executive protective custodian. Uh, public protective executive uh, protective. Protect <laughs> well, that sounds wonderful. Well, now, just a moment, Harriet. 
You must realize what an important step this is. Our quiet, peaceful home life here will all be changed. We'll live in the public eye, subject always to criticism. Few thanks, long hours. I always thought a politician's hours were short. Not just before elections. <laughs> Think it over, Harriet. It's a big step. You know the old saying, politics makes strange bed feathers, hey, Mr. Pennyfellow? <laughs> What do you say, dear? It's Penny Feather. It's, uh, I'm at, uh, oh, why, certainly, Archie. I think it's a great honor. Oh. Harriet, take me by the hand, dear. We accept the nomination, Mr. Penny Pincher. <laughs> Penny Feather. Penny Feather. And the Citizens Committee is proud to endorse the man of your calendar. I shall do my best to deserve your confidence. With that attitude, you cannot fail. I am inexperienced, but I promise you sincerity and honest effort. That's the kind of man we need in office. And I... Take it easy, fellas. You're both on the same side. <laughs> well, goodbye, Mr. Public Executive Protective Custodian. Or is it uh, Protective Executive? <laughs> oh, well. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Pennyfeather. It's Pennyfeather. Oh, oh, yes. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> Elected, I promise I shall do my utmost to discharge efficiently and honestly the duties of the office to which you have entrusted me. All right, I'm not through yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dick. I pledge myself to the service of the people. I pledge every bone and muscle in my body, every hair on my head, every drop of blood in my veins. Ozzy, uh, isn't that a little bit strong? Well, you've got to impress him with your sincerity. Well, I know, dear, but he has to bleed on him. <laughs> Maybe just the bone, muscle, and hair would be enough. And may I ask... Go ahead, dear. I want to find out about lunch. It is every citizen's duty to register... Gloria! ...and vote for the candidate of his choice. Gloria! Can you call me, Mrs. Nelson? <laughs> and keep out the irresponsible charlatan and worthless demagogues. I didn't ask to come in. Somebody call me. <laughs> Nelson's just making a speech. I called you to ask you about lunch. Uh, Gloria, oh, you may well, be interested to know that I'm running for the office of Public Executive Protective Custodian. Oh, that's wonderful, Mr. Nelson. Will vegetable stew be all right for lunch? Yes, it sounds wonderful. Uh, by the way, somebody just delivered this big book for you, Mr. Nelson. Oh, oh yes, thank you. That's the book Mr. Pennyfeather promised to send me about the city ordinances and organizations. Uh, by the way, Gloria, I want you to see what you think of the end of my speech. Hmm. And I also promise that if elected, I will leave no stone unturned. I will use all my energy, my time, all my waking hours, if necessary, to make this office a model of efficiency and good government. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be elected. Well, thanks a lot, Gloria, but it isn't such a cinch. Oh, I'm positive you'll win. You can't be sure. Some people think my opponent will win. Oh, you've got an opponent. <laughs> That's a little different, but I'll vote for you, Mr. Nelson. Well, thanks very much, Gloria, but I don't want you to vote for me unless you think I'm the best man for the job. See, you have to realize it's the duty of a citizen not only to register and vote, but also to keep informed. Know all about the candidates and the duties of their office, and then decide which candidate is capable. Now, I guess you're right. I should know more about it. Um, Mr. Nelson, is your opponent capable... 
uh, uh, well, I, I don't know. Mm. Uh, who is your opponent? Well, he's, uh, come to think of it, I didn't ask. I... Well, uh, uh, what are the duties of your office? Well, you, the, um, yeah, I'm not sure. See? <laughs> I wish I was a candidate instead of a voter. Then I wouldn't have to know anything either. <laughs> well, I'll think it over while I get lunch ready. Hey, by the way, Ozzy, what are you running for? I mean, what are the duties of this executive protective... Say, uh, frankly, I was just wondering the same thing myself. It's probably right in this book, Lori, again. Let me see. Public offices. In the sound of it, I'd say it had something to do with the treasurer's office, wouldn't you? Well, it's not in that section. Oh, it wouldn't be a minor office like that anyway. And look it up here close to the mayor. That's all. Here it is. Public protective executive custodian. His duty shall consist of... Hmm. <laughs> is lunch ready yet, dear? Well, what office is it, Ozzy? Uh, office? Yes, that's what you just looked up, isn't it? What are the duties of the office you're running for? Uh, Harriet, the particular duties of the office aren't important. After I all... I know, dear, but what are the duties? Well, it doesn't matter much what a man does. It's the fact he's in public service, that he's doing his best for the people. Ozzy, what are you running for? Dog catcher. <laughs> dog catcher? Well, uh, head dog catcher. Well, come on, Ozzy. Let's eat lunch. Well, of course. Why not? Well, wouldn't dog biscuits be more appropriate? <laughs> Harriet, that's a very cheap joke. Oh, I don't know. I kind of like it. The office of head dog catcher is a very honorable and historic office. It was established in 1874 by an act of the city council and has always been filled by honest and upright citizens. That's interesting. Besides, I can't get out of it. Well, I don't see why you should want to, dear. After all, it is a public office, and it may be only the beginning for you. If you do a good job, maybe you can run for something else next year. Hey, that's right. That's the way to look at this job as a stepping stone. Who knows where it could lead? Perhaps even to Washington someday. Sure. From doghouse to White House. <laughs> What happened, fellas? Something go wrong in school? Tell him, David. Might as well tell you, Pop. Ever since I started to run for dog catchers, all the kids we know with dogs won't speak to him. Oh, so that's it. Not only that, Will Thornberry's Cocker Spaniel won't speak to us either. I'm sorry, Pop, but well, none of the kids seem to like dog catchers. Now, just a moment, boys. I, I think you've got this little confused. You see, I won't be the man who goes out with the net and catches the dog. You won't? No, no. I'll I'll just be the man who sends the man out with the net to catch the dog. Oh. That's not much better, is it? Pop, please don't be a dog catcher. Gosh, fellas, I, I never realized you felt this way about it. We wanted to get a dog of our own. Well, you can have a dog. I'll catch you with... I mean, I'll buy you a swell dog. <laughs> You think just because I'm dog catcher, I'd object to having a dog in the house? No. 
But how's the dog going to feel? Fellas, you've got to listen to me. You've got to see my side of it. I like dogs just as much as you do. And I promise you I'll be very Oh, hello, Emmy Lou. Oh, Mr. Nelson, I ran over as soon as I saw you come out of the house. I heard the news, and I want to tell you that I'm very proud of you. Oh, thank you, Emmy Lou. What an honor it is for me to live next door to you. Oh, you're exaggerating. Oh, no, I'm not. I can't help thinking how proud I'll be someday when a mad dog gets loose on Main Street and people's lives are in danger until you come along, dash in, and capture him with your bare hands. Uh, I think they provide gloves. <laughs> Standing there facing the mad beast. Slowly you hold out the can of red heart. He crouches. Your muscles flex. You're ready to throw the net over him. He grows tense. Suddenly he springs at you. You throw the net. It misses. The crowd scatters. But do you run? Well, of course I... No, you... <laughs> no, Mr. Nelson, you don't. The mad dog's got you by the sleeve. Now his teeth are tearing the flesh off your arm. Your assistants run up and throw ropes and nets around him. He's captured. And you're a hero. Won't that be wonderful for the neighborhood? You know, Emmy, you and the boys are giving me an entirely new picture of this situation. In fact, the whole thing gets less appealing by the minute. Well, uh, you mean you'd rather not have a job, Mr. Nelson? Well, for one thing, David and Ricky and even Harriet will probably disinherit me if I'm elected. You see, it seems nobody has much sympathy for dog catchers. We're an oppressed minority. Well, if that's the way you feel about it, maybe you'll be lucky and lose the election. No, not with my luck. They've already arranged for me to go out and make speeches and get votes. Well, maybe the people won't like your speeches and won't vote for you. Yay. Hey, that's an idea, Emmy Lou. Maybe I can campaign to lose votes. Oh, sure you can. If I could succeed in making bad enough speeches, I may lose the election. Oh, I've got faith in you, Mr. Nelson. <laughs> You'll be able to do it. It'll be easy for you. <laughs> You're right, Emmy Lou. Wait, I'll see you later. I'm going to go prepare a few bad speeches. Oh, Mr. Nelson, you're wonderful. The sacrifice you're making for your family. Oh, giving up what may be a brilliant political career. Just think you might be elected dog catcher, then alderman, then mayor, governor. And then who can tell you might run for president and have your picture taken with Frank Sinatra? <laughs> and so a strange phenomenon takes place. The Rogers Road political machine grinds to a stop. And slowly goes into reverse. Gradually gathers speed. And more speed. Every cog turning smoothly. Every nut performing its function, turning out speeches. What would I do about loose dogs if I were elected? I'd do the same thing the present incumbent would do about loose dogs if I were the parent incumbent and he were elected. That's what I'd do about loose dogs if I were elected. Turning out radio programs. Wake up, America. Time to stump the preaching. Tonight, our guest expert is candidate for dog catcher, Ozzie Nelson. Mr. Nelson, I would like to ask you questions. Who will you vote for as dog catcher? For my opponent, J.J.J.J. O'Mahony. He is experienced. He is independent. O'Mahony wears no dog collar. More speeches. And so, members of the ladies' aid, remember a vote for me is a vote for inefficiency and corruption. 
closing, legionnaires, let me remind you again, elect me dog catcher, and in six months the dogs will be running this town. <laughs> so I say to you, daughters of Carrie Gibson, go to the polls tomorrow and vote for my opponent, J. 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 O'Mahony. Corny political jokes. It has been stated by some irresponsible scandal mongers that my opponent, J. 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 O'Mahony, was once seen pushing a dog off his lap. This is an unmitigated, scandalous untruth. That was no dog. <laughs> that was his wife. <laughs> Grinding out dreams of handbills and billboards. Angie Nelson, an able candidate, supports the platform of J. 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 O'Mahony. Honesty, integrity, courage, airmail now five cents. Settling campaign strategy. Why should I shake your hand? I don't want your vote. Cigar? No thanks. I never use it. I am calling upon you for one thing. Get out and vote. But remember, if I'm elected, this town will go to the dogs. Right up to election day and election night, when Harriet says to Ozzie... It's seven o'clock, dear. Why don't you see if some of the returns are coming in? And when the smoke of battle drifts away, the town will find in its midst one of the brightest political stars in the history of this city, the cleverest vote-getter of all time. In a very unorthodox, completely nutty campaign, this candidate on the ticket of the Citizens Committee... Citizens Committee? ...swept all opposition before him by the novel method of pretending that he didn't want the job. I guess that it proves that nothing captures the heart of the American public like a good sense of humor. So let's all congratulate our new dog catcher. Congratulations wherever you are, Mr. Ozzie Nelson, and may you... If that isn't the most amazing thing... Well, it's terrible. In a way, it's hilariously funny, I suppose, after you tried so hard to get defeated. What am I going to tell my children? That must be the committee to put the crown on me. Oh, well, Mr. Pennyfeather, come in. Mr. Nelson, I hope you're thoroughly ashamed of yourself. What do you mean? To think that you, of all people, would do a thing like that. But, but, and uh, after that wonderful letter you wrote to the paper... Do you remember what you said in that letter? Well, of course. What's that got to do with the election? What's that got to do with the election? Haven't you heard? That I won, certainly. You won, yes. But you've also been disqualified. Disqualified? I can't take off. No. And all on a technicality, too. Mr. Nelson, you forgot to register. This <laughs> impossible. If you forgot to register, how did you vote? Holy smokes, I forgot that, too. Oh, You've been listening to the adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. This is the Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education.
families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now, the episode Tax Return, originally broadcast on March 11th, 1945. Total tax in item two above. Attach original forms W-2. Hmm. Do you want to go downtown with me? Hmm? No, no, thanks. I want to finish this income. I may be a little late. I promised Louise Adams I'd stop by and see her new silver. She's pretty proud of that, isn't she? Why not? The solid silver with beauty that lives forever is international sterling. The solid silver with beauty that lives forever is international sterling. From Hollywood, International Silver Company, creators of International Sterling, present the amusing transcribed adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, starring America's favorite young couple, Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. From the rock-bound coast of Maine to the snow-bound coast of California, from the borders of Canada, famous for Canadians, to the borders of Mexico, famous for Mexicans, from town to city, from mountain to valley, from north to south, from east to west, America is a land of tradition. Tradition is the seventh-inning stretch at the ball game. Firecrackers on the 4th of July, turkey on Thanksgiving. At 1847 Rogers Road, Ozzie Nelson, American, is completely enmeshed in what is rapidly becoming one of America's most exasperating traditions. It calls for a complete mastery of arithmetic, trigonometry, surveying, semantics, foreign languages, including double talk and jabberwocky, not to mention mind reading, and above all, the control of temper. Total tax and item two above. Attach original forms W-2. Thanks. Thanks. Oh. Enter your tax from table on page 4 or from line 18 on page 3. Nothing complicated about that. Enter your tax from table on page 4 or from line 18 on page 3. Oh, that's clear enough. Enter your tax from table on page 4 or from line 18 on page 3. Let's read that again. You don't know how to work it, that's all. I do so. Let's go on. Boys, please, will you? I'm busy. Now, evidently, what they're trying to say is enter your tax from table on page 4 or from line 18 on page 3. 
enter your tax table. I pushed the whole works off the table into the wastebasket. Give it back, David. It's mine. For goodness sakes, fellas, how's the government going to know where they stand financially if I don't get my income tax? Can you fix my squirt flower for me, Pop? Your what? My squirt flower. It doesn't work. You squeeze that rubber ball and the water's supposed to squirt out. Now, let me see it. There's probably something stopping up the hose. I squeeze it and nothing happens, see? It worked that time. Let me your handkerchief, David. Gee, I didn't even aim it. Uh, no, that isn't necessary when somebody's looking right into it. You aren't mad at me, are you, Pop? No, but I will be. If you guys don't run along, let me finish this income tax. Okay, Pop. You stay there, Dopey. Well, David, that's not nice, calling your little brother Dopey. You know what he did? He spent his allowance on that squirt flower, and now he can't go to the movies. I don't want to go anyway. Well, will you guys please finish this outside? Nothing to argue about in the first place. Ricky wanted a squirt gun, so he bought it. You want to go to the show, so go ahead, David. Evidently, Ricky doesn't care about it. He's just saying that. I am not wise, guys. Okay, okay, let's drop it, huh? Ricky doesn't want to go to the show, so let's forget it. Where I am here. Pop? What is it, Ricky? Can I have some money so I can go to the show? <laughs> Ricky, why did you buy the squirt flower? Will Thornberry saw it in the trick store window. What's Will Thornberry got to do with you? He liked it so much he thought I ought to buy it. <laughs> did he buy one too? No, he's going to the show with David. <laughs> Ricky, what happened to you is a rather common thing. You see, you were talked into something you didn't want to buy. Happens every day. Fellow starts out to buy a car. Before he gets to the car lot, he meets somebody who tells him about a television set. Before he can buy the television set, he meets somebody who tells him about a wonderful movie camera. Before he can buy the movie camera, he meets somebody who tells him about a car. So he buys the car and he never gets what he really wanted in the first place. He started out to buy a car, Pop. Well, that's not a very good illustration. <laughs> but you've got to learn to be firm. Know what you want and don't let yourself be talked out of it. I want to go to the movies, Pop. Yeah, but you've already spent your money. I want to go to the movies, Pop. You can't talk me out of it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I'll do, Ricky. I'll advance you the money for the movies, and next week I'll deduct it from your allowance. Thanks a lot, Pop. Oh, hello there, fellas. Oh, hello, Harriet. Hi, Mom. What's in the box, Mom? I bought that gray suit at the style shop. You know, the one you said you liked so much? I said I liked it? Yes, don't you remember? No, when was that? Oh, the day I made you double park to look at it and the policeman was coming down the street. They had it in blue and also in gray. In fact, I met Louise Adams in the store and she tried to talk me into taking the blue one. But I stuck to my gun. Uh, you bought the gray one? Yeah, I kind of liked it better. Oh, this is very interesting. Fellas, did you hear what your mother just said? It's just like you and Will Thornberry, Ricky. Your mother had the same experience. Did you buy squirt flower, Mom? <laughs> of what, dear? Uh, no, it, it wasn't exactly the same, Ricky, but the point's there anyway, if you want to look around for it. Say, haven't you finished your income tax return yet? Oh, uh, just about. I started off with a bang, but the, the questions after name and address kind of slowed me down. <laughs> hey, this is the one that's sticking me now. Enter your tax from table on page 4 or from line 18 on page 3. That's very simple. Do you know what it means? Yeah, of course. 
Well, I wish you'd explain it to me. I've read it over about ten times. Well, it says right here what to do. Enter your tax from table on page four or from line 18 on page three. Well, yeah, well, I guess I must be awful stupid or something, but it just sounds confusing to me. Why don't they just come right out and tell you what you owe instead of beating around the bush? <laughs> It's a sneaky way of doing things. Isn't this it? Here's the table on page four. Now, we just go down the column to the amount you earn. See, wait a minute. I see it. Here, move your head. Here, here's the tax. Oh, sure. You see, you just enter the tax from table on page four. It, it was that stuff about line 18 that was confusing. Well, go ahead, fill it in. Then you can mail it this afternoon. No, no, not right away. I, I want to look it over a little first and check it with this booklet. What booklet is that? Oh, this one that Thorny gave me. Oh, let me see it. How to Save Money on Your Income Tax, written by 8874392. <laughs> I think that's just his CPA number or a code number. <laughs> his name is on a template. No kidding, it's a legitimate booklet. It's, it's got things that I didn't know about. You know, if I were a doctor, I could deduct part of my car expenses. But you're not a doctor. No, that's one I have to pass up. Although I could be a doctor. I've got that big first aid kit you bought at the war surplus store. <laughs> hey, you've never had your tonsils out, have you, Harriet? <laughs> no, and I don't intend to. And I'll tell you another thing. We're not going to have another mad dash for the post office at midnight, March 15th. Go ahead and sign it, will you? I'll send Ricky with you and make sure it gets mailed. Harriet, believe me, I don't need to take Ricky with me. I'm a full-grown man of normal intelligence. Hey, give me the tax return. I promise to mail it right now. I'm not the tax return. Well, I thought you picked it up from the table. You laid it down here a minute ago. It's not under these papers. Well, I can't understand what happened to it. I had it right in my hand. Oh, here it is, on the floor. Oh, no thanks. Uh, Ricky, get your coat. You're going down to the mailbox with Daddy. How do you like my new suit, David? Oh, gee, it looks swell, Mom. Do you think gray is a good color for me? You look swell on everything. David, that kind of talk will only get you three desserts. I mean it, Mom. I heard a couple people say how pretty you looked in church last Sunday. Last Sunday? What was I wearing last Sunday? My blue dress and my blue hat. David, are you sure you like me in gray? Honest, Mom, you look swell. Well, yes, I guess it is nice. Gray's a beautiful color, isn't it? It sure is. It's a lovely color, gray. Look at all the things that are gray. Gray clouds. Gray hair. <laughs> The old frame there? <laughs> I wonder if this material will take a blue dye. Hi, Ozzy. Oh, hello, Joe. Hello, Mr. Randolph. Hello, Ricky. Taking your daddy out for a walk? Uh, just mailing my tax return. Beating the old deadline this year. <laughs> Hurts a little, though, doesn't it? No, I don't mind paying my income tax. It's for a good cause. Can I drop it in, Pop? Uh, say, I don't mean to butt into your personal affairs, but are you sure you've taken all the deductions you can? Oh, yeah. In fact, I have a booklet here. I looked everything up. But there's a lot of stuff you can deduct that most people don't know about. I let my cousin Herman do my tax. He's a tax man. Really knows his stuff, too. 
Well, I looked everything over pretty carefully. Can we mail it now, Pop? Yeah, here we go. I'll, I'll lift you up. Goodbye, money. And just a minute, Ricky. <laughs> Joe, believe me, I took all the legal deductions possible. I'm sure I can't possibly save another dime. Okay, it's your money. Up you go, Ricky. All the government wants is just what you owe them. Just a minute, Ricky. <laughs> Joe, I can assure you I made the tax out very carefully. I took every possible deduction. Up you go, Ricky. Okay. Okay, if you want to throw your money away. Just a minute, Ricky. I'm getting dizzy. Joe, are you trying to talk me out of mailing this? It won't do you any good, Mr. Randolph. Ricky, let Mr. Randolph talk. Well, I was just trying to help, Oz. But you probably know all the deductions you're allowed. Little things like deducting the tax you pay on theater tickets. Naturally, you know you can take off the interest you pay on any financing. Here, I'll let you up, Ricky. Joe, put that boy down. Oh, I'm mailing, Ricky. I'm sorry I bothered you. Joe, let go of him. Pop, you're pulling down my cab. <laughs> Just sets it off a little better. Gee, Mom, I don't know. If you think you like the blue suit better, why don't you take this one back? You don't like this color on me, do you? I like it, Mom, but how about you? Well, I'm beginning to think Louise Adams is right. I think I'll take it back and get the blue one. But um, let's not mention it to Daddy, shall we? How come? Well, your father'd say I don't have a mind of my own, and we love Daddy the way he is. We wouldn't want him saying the right thing. <laughs> Yes, sir, Ricky, my boy. It was a lucky thing we met, Mr. Randolph. Really going to save some money. That's well, Pop. Uh, it might be just as well if you don't mention this to Mother. See, she might not understand. Maybe she'll get mad at me. No, just don't mention it. See, if she asks any questions, I'll do all the answering. Oh, Auntie. Hello, uh, Harriet. <laughs> <laughs> I was just coming in. I was just going up. <laughs> <laughs> is that your suit box? Oh, oh yes, it is. Uh, taking it next door to show Catherine Thornberry? Oh, that's a good idea. Well, goodbye. Uh, so long. You see, Ricky, she didn't even ask whether we mailed the income tax or not. That's what I was laughing about. Well, you run along and play now. I've got to get back and do some more work on this. Well, you'd better go put another belt on, too. You can't go around holding those pants up all day. Where you been, Ricky? It's a secret. What are you talking about? It's a secret between Pop and me. Mom has a secret, too. <coughs> I'll tell you Pop's secret if you tell me Mom's secret. <laughs> well, Mom's taking back the gray suit, and she's getting a blue one. What's Pop's secret? Pop didn't mail his tax letter. Mom and Pop are a lot of fun, boy. Yeah, but they sure have a lot of dopey secrets. Hey, what is this firmness of purpose Ozzy's been talking about? Elliot sure doesn't have it. Ozzy sure doesn't have it. You might think nobody ever made up his mind to anything, except all those women who see International Sterling, of course. 
They know what they're about. They know right away that international sterling is the solid silver they want for their homes. Because international sterling is the loveliest solid silver in the world. Rich and beautiful in every detail. And perfect in price because it hasn't gone up. That's right. The international sterling pattern of your choice is the same substantial weight, the same superb quality, yet it costs no more than in 1944. Be sure to see the Spring Glory pattern, won't you? There's never been a fresher, more enchanting pattern than Spring Glory. Its dainty modern design is something completely different. A single flower that flows up on one side and swings over to the other. Spring Glory has an air of spring about it, a look of grace and simple beauty. So, see it at your international sterling dealers tomorrow. Spring Glory, one of the loveliest designs in famous international sterling. The solid silver with beauty that lives forever. You know, folks, I hate to say this because I'm very fond of the Nelson family, but they sure are in an uncertain mood today. Poor Harriet can't make up her mind between a blue suit or a gray, and poor Ozzy. Well, maybe it's lucky you did meet Joe Randolph before he mailed his income tax. At any rate, he's doing it over. Yeah, lots of different stories. You all finished, Pop? Yeah, I think so. I just want to check this booklet again. I think I've taken all the deductions I can. Common disasters. No, I don't think that applies to us. What are they? Well, they list them here. If an earthquake demolished the house and a flood carried off all our property, and then a hurricane swept away everything else we own, I'd save $200. That's a lot of money, boy. Yeah. And, of course, there are other things. Charity, the theater tickets you heard Mr. Randolph talk about. Independence. So you and David are deductions. Are we common disasters? <laughs> No, you're dependent. You see, I'm allowed $600 a year for each of you. Then how come I only get 25 cents a week? <laughs> you see, the $600 is supposed to cover your food, clothes, education, all your living expenses. And I think that does it. Now all we have to do is go down to the mailbox and just drop it in. Oh, uh, uh, Harriet. Well, Ozzy. I, I, I was just going out. <laughs> I was just coming in. <laughs> What's always so funny in the doorway? <laughs> Where were you going? Just uh, down to the... Uh, David, Ricky. Hi, Mom. Did you just get back? I did, did David. Oh, Jiminy, David, please be more careful. If I hadn't slammed the door, you'd have given the whole thing away. I'm sorry, Mom. That's all right. Did you get the blue suit, Mom? Yes, I did. And wait till you see it. It's so much nicer than the gray. I'm sure Daddy will like it better, too. Hello? Hello, Harriet. It's Mother. Oh, hello, Mother. Hide this in the closet for me, David. Harriet, what's going on over there? Were you telling somebody to hide in the closet? No, no, Mother. I bought a suit today, and I just asked David to put it away for me. Why, Harriet, that's the reason I called. I was talking to Louise Adams a little while ago. Oh? Louise Adams thinks I look better in gray now? I must say I agree with her, Harriet. Personally, I like you much better in gray. Blue just 
just doesn't do anything for you. Are you still there, dear? Yes, Mother. Well, I'm at Louise at the market, and you know how she is. I've had a craving for pork chops, and Louise tried to talk me into buying lamb chops. But I'm happy to say that I demonstrated the same strength of character you did. You should have fought harder than that. <laughs> dear, how hard can you fight? I wanted pork chops. I set out to buy pork chops, and I was going to get pork chops. Well, good for you, Mother. No lamb chops for me. I got the nicest pound of steroids you've ever seen. <laughs> steroids? Yes, Catherine Thornberry recommended them. Are you still there, dear? Oh, yes, Mother. I was just wondering whether I could get down to the dress shop and back before dinner. Now, Ricky, I'm going to pick you up, and you're going to drop this in the mailbox. And nobody's going to stop us this time, right? Thank you, Mr. Nelson. Hurry up, Pop. Oh, hello, Lou. Uh, if you'll excuse us for a moment, we're going to drop my tax form in the mailbox. Oh, what a wonderful bit of Americana. There you stand by the mailbox, a patriotic smile on your face. Your heart cries out, take it, Uncle Sam. There's a lot more where that came from. <laughs> no complaining, no grumbling. You're eager and willing to pay your country its due. You're 130 million Americans, Mr. Nelson. Thank you, Emmy Lou. Up you go, Ricky. We've been learning about income tax at school. It's wonderful the way you can save money if you know how. Just a minute, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> Emmy Lou, I don't mean to be rude or abrupt, but I'm sure I've taken every possible deduction. Golly, I hope you haven't overdone it, Mr. Nelson. The penalties are pretty severe. They can put you in jail for fraud or fine you $10,000. Now, Pop? Uh, better hold it, Ricky. I think I'll take it home and go over it just once more. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed in you, Ricky. Me? How come? Well, this morning after Will Thornberry talked you into buying that squirt flower, I thought I told you to be firm and know your own mind. If I hadn't listened to Mr. Randolph, I wouldn't have to change this tax return. What did I do? Well, if, if you had known your own mind, if you had been firm, you wouldn't have listened to me. You'd have mailed it. Oh, uh, it's Ozzy. Uh, uh, Harriet, I was just coming in. Well, come on in. Wait a minute. What's that in your hand? I think I'll stay outside. <laughs> Ozzie, that looks like the envelope your tax return was in. There's a resemblance, isn't there? All right, what happened? And don't tell me the mailbox was closed. Before I could mail it, I met Joe Randolph. I let him talk me into making some silly deductions. Oh, no, Ozzie, before Now, you... don't try to make excuses for me. I've been wishing wicky-washy. No mind of my own. Thank goodness you're a little different. But, Ozzy... No, I mean it, Harriet. The way you went ahead and bought the suit you wanted. You knew what color you wanted. Instead of listening to a lot of other people, you went right ahead and bought that... Uh, what color was it? Blue. Yes. You you bought that... No, Harriet, it was gray. Yeah, a, a gray blue. A little more blue than gray. There's practically no gray at all. In fact, it's all blue. <laughs> Harriet, you said it was gray. Ozzie, there's something I ought to tell you. A minute ago, you said you had no mind of your own, that you were weak and wishy-washy. I said wish and weaky-washy, but go ahead. I took the gray suit back and got the blue one. 
Oh, Harry, this is wonderful. You're just as big a chump as I... No, no, that isn't right. <laughs> You've got your blue suit, but I still haven't mailed my tax returns. I got the blue suit, but I don't want it. You don't? Harry, what's the matter? Don't you have a mind of you... No, we've already established that. <laughs> you know, they say that after people have been married a certain number of years, they get to resemble each other. You think that could be happening to us? <laughs> could be. Say, I just thought of a very clever plan. Since it's pretty obvious that we both keep changing our minds, why don't you take my blue suit back and get me the gray one, and I'll mail your income tax return. Well, that's the first sensible thing that's been said in this family all day. Say, come to think of it, we are beginning to resemble each other. You're getting more like me, I'm getting more like you. I keep changing my mind lately, just like you, and you just thought up a wonderful idea. <laughs> will get you nowhere. <laughs> Here, take the suit box and give me your tax return. It's a deal. Oh, but let me give you a tip. If you see Joe Randolph or Emmy Lou, run the other way. Okay, dear. Well, let me give you a tip. If you see Louise Adams, you run the other way. Oh, well, all right. But you're asking a lot more of me than I'm asking of you. In what way? Well, Louise Adams is a very attractive girl. Beautiful eyes, beautiful figure, and... So what? Well, you just don't run away from things like that. <laughs> suit, and there goes Harriet down to the corner to mail Ozzie's tax return. But they'll be back in just a moment with their closing scene. Hey, Mr. Smith, that Nelson family certainly is a bundle of confusion. Yes, but I guess all families are like that at one time or another. Oh, not my family. Not now, anyway. We've just bought a complete service for four of International Sterling in that wonderful spring glory pattern. And my husband and I have never been so solidly in agreement over anything. Hey, great. I'll bet I know what it was that won your heart. Mmm, that pattern. Spring Glory is the loveliest silver design I've ever seen. It makes me think of April and brides and everything fresh and beautiful. And when we found we could get it at that complete service for four, everything was settled right then and there. A complete service for four for under $100. That's an international sterling wonder, all right. But then all international sterling prices are wonderful because they haven't gone up. Other leading silver makers have raised their prices, but International Sterling brings you the same substantial weight, the same superb quality at 1944 prices. Could anyone ask for anything more? Not me. Especially since I also got a great big beautiful chest with my silver. Big enough to hold 132 pieces. Yes, you really got something when you own International Sterling. The solid silver with beauty that lives forever. <laughs> Yeah, it's me. Oh, good. Let's see my suit. Uh, Harriet, before you open the box, you're sure you wanted the gray suit? Of course. Let me see it. Uh, don't be so anxious. Uh, stand back a minute. No, I, I don't think gray would look good on you. Uh-oh. Well, okay, dear. Let me see my blue suit. You like the blue suit? Yes, dear. Don't feel bad about it. I've been through it myself. You'll like me in blue. It isn't what you think. I didn't bring the blue suit back. Well, I'll be satisfied with the gray one. It isn't gray and it isn't blue. Well, what is it, for goodness sake? 
Well, I met my friend Danny O'Hara. And St. Patrick's Day is almost here. Well, I've always wanted a green suit. Uh, you're still off, Harriet. Uh, Danny is an orangeman. But, but don't get upset. It isn't orange. It's, it's more of a, a reddish color. But, Ozzy, I wanted the gray suit. Well, maybe we can work something out tomorrow. We'll keep them coming and going. And the first time a gray one comes through the front door, we'll nail it shut. <laughs> On the way home from the dress shop, I stopped to glance in the window of the trick store. And while I was looking in, little Will Thornberry came up. <laughs> I really don't have a mind of my own. I don't get it. Uh, you will. Smell this flower on my lapel. <laughs> Adventure of Ozzie and Harriet, produced and transcribed in Hollywood, and starring Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. And remember, the solid silver with beauty that lives forever is International Sterling. Yes, Harriet, the solid silver with beauty that lives forever is International Sterling. Appearing in support of Ozzie and Harriet were David and Ricky Nelson, Janet Waldo, Lorene Tuttle, Marvin Miller, and yours truly, Vern Smith. Original music was composed and conducted by Billy May. <laughs> It's Morgan in 90 Minutes on NBC. I hope you enjoyed those two classic episodes from The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. Remember, if you'd like to leave a comment or make a suggestion for a future episode of this podcast, please visit anchor.fm slash old radio comedy podcast and leave me a message. You can not only be a listener, but help with the programming for the show. That's it for today. Tune in next time for another episode of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. La, 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 la.